For too many years, we've been told to show the horse who's boss, use gadgets, and ride two and three-year-olds. We're expected to follow fashionable trends, like riding behind the vertical or with your horse's nose on the ground, and put our short-term performance goals before the long-term health of a horse. This sounds crazy to me, because we're forgetting all about the horse. In this show, you'll learn why groundwork, lateral movements, liberty work, and pole work are so important in your training program. Plus, how to build lightness and softness in the saddle by recognizing the try and building confidence in both horse and rider. We know that horses are only physically mature at five and a half years of age at the earliest. We believe that collection is not a head position. We know that older horses are not disposable. Walking 100 miles on foot is amazing to build that connection together. And that bitless bridles, California hackamores, bosal and macates can be really useful. We never place competition goals above our horse's health, and we know that self-carriage means that the horse does it by himself. We take as long as it takes, and we understand the importance of working slowly with the horse to build connection, trust, and partnership together, and we aim to always put the horse's mental, physical, and emotional needs first. So I promise to share all my horsemanship strategies with you. Sounds good? I'm your host, Elaine Heaney, creator of the Listening to the Horse documentary. Let's get the show started. Okay, I want to get serious with you for a minute. I live in Ireland and it's freezing. There's snow on the ground at the minute. The temperature hasn't been much above freezing for the last two weeks and I have to break ice on the water troughs every morning. Honestly, I'm not really a winter girl. And the question is like, what do you do with your horse when the weather is, is like awful? And aside from keeping them happy and fed and watered, I actually like to use the cold weather to my advantage. So in the summer, the way I work is I tend to focus more on riding. So trail riding, wandering around with my horse in the sunshine, doing lateral maneuvers in the big field beside the pond. It's all lovely. But as we all know, in the winter, totally different situation. I'm usually wrapped up in gloves, a scarf, one coat, sometimes two coats. The evenings are dark. It can be dark here at four o'clock in the evening. It's crazy. The weather is is awful. And honestly, it's unlikely that I'm actually going to continue riding every day. It's just not really a reality. <laughs> actually, funny story. I actually have you ever seen those electric jackets? advertised I actually got one there I was at a, a clinic actually a couple of years ago with with a couple of friends of mine and, and we were all frozen everyone was sitting in in little deck chair things wearing about three different coats and we'd blankets as well we'd got the horse blankets and brought them in and we were huddling under the horse blankets and we were frozen and we were just there shivering watching the clinic and one of my friends who was riding at the clinic she was so happy she was wandering around smiling we were too cold smile she was wandering around and smiling and she had what looked like a normal jacket on her the jacket wasn't even closed she hadn't even zipped up the jacket and she just looked so comfortable and happy and we were trying to figure out like what was the situation because we literally were were like ice cubes and um, it transpired that she had one of these electric jackets they actually have wires inside them and a battery pack so when you turn on the battery pack which is in the pocket of the coat these wires along the body of the coat they all heat up see you're, you're kind of like you're kind of walking around I don't know in just like it's summer <laughs> so anyway crazy but they do actually they're a thing they do exist but anyway in the winter I'm not going to be riding as much but I really do want to keep that connection between myself and my horses so the question is well you know what do you do and oftentimes of course in the winter the ground is really bad it's hard it's frozen there's snow on it it's not even safe to do faster work 
So what I do is I focus on some simple liberty sessions that can be done in under 50 minutes because it's probably going to rain pretty soon. Uh, and I would do them maybe once or twice a week. So this way I can keep working with my horses even when it's freezing and there's snow on the ground in Ireland. And I don't feel bad that we've done nothing in months due to really bad weather conditions because we're actually still able to spend a little time together each week. And here's the thing, right? Liberty exercises, they're so much fun and they're quick and easy and they are, or they're a quick and easy way, I should say, to connect with your horse in any weather. So if things are like crazy hot, crazy cold, depending where you live in the world and what hemisphere you're in. And then once the spring arrives, and the weather starts to clear up and dry up and we actually see the sun a little bit, I can get back to um, to doing a lot more riding and fun activities in the saddle. So if you've got bad weather right now, uh, but you're looking to keep that connection and have fun with your horse during the winter months, like when there's snow and ice on the ground, I do think that liberty exercises are a great option. And now, one other thing that I want to mention. During the summer, Okay, so the weather in Ireland is very nice and very pleasant and I try to do a lot of work and spend a lot of time with my horses. But then the winter comes around, it starts raining. It rains from about November to March. It's a little crazy here. And usually on St. Patrick's Day, the 17th of March, it's still raining. And because I'm not an, a winter person, I do tend to work less with my horses during the winter months. And I focus on things like groundwork, liberty work, pole work, walking in hand, 100 miles, that kind of thing which is great for my horses. But here's the thing. I don't want anyone to feel guilty that when the weather conditions get really bad and not suitable for doing a lot of stuff with horses, I don't want you to sit there and feel guilty that you're not spending enough time with your horses. I actually think it's nice to give horses a bit of a break. You know, it's instead of riding them three times a week, 52 weeks of the year, I think we all need a bit of a holiday and a bit of a break to think about it. And I think it's important not to feel guilty. So for me, when I have the opportunity, when I have time and when the weather is really good, I will definitely make an effort to spend a lot of time with my horses. But then on the flip side, in in deepest, darkest December or February or when there's snow on the ground and the rain is coming in sideways and you're like, oh, I wish I had one of those electric jackets. When there's that kind of conditions outside, I'm going to make sure my horses are okay and they have shelter and they have food and everything and they're okay out there. But I'm not going to beat myself up that I'm not riding them three or four times a week. And I don't think you should either. So if you're interested in improving your liberty work and maybe focusing a little more on groundwork if the weather isn't great where you are, you can head on over to dancingatliberty.com and you'll get tons of ideas there. Now, I want to share with you a fun exercise that you can try out at home this week. The name of this exercise is Magic Corners, and it's a groundwork exercise. So in terms of the tools that you're going to need, you're going to need a horse, funnily enough, and you're going to need a rope halter. Optionally, if you have a flag, if you want to use a flag, you can use a flag, you don't have to. So here is the setup, okay, the situation you're going to need. If you have an arena, that's cool. The idea is you're going to walk your horse around the arena. If you don't have an arena, that's fine as well. So if you're in a paddock or if you're in a field, what I need you to do is we need to make something that looks like a rectangle in your paddock. Okay, so maybe pick four corners and put a barrel in each corner or put a block in each corner or a jump upright in each corner. We just need it to be obvious that there's corners or you could put poles to make four different corners. So wherever you are, just make it obvious to both you and the horse 
that there is actually a rectangle shape in your paddock or in your field. And the idea, what you're going to do is you're going to walk along the perimeter of your rectangle or the perimeter of your arena with your horse. Your horse is going to be on the outside, you're going to be on the inside, and you're going to be walking shoulder to shoulder with your horse. So your shoulder is going to be, si going to be beside your horse's shoulder. And we're doing it at walk. And the idea is when you turn a corner that the horse should stay with you, even if it means that they walk the straight lines and they jog the corners. Because obviously on the corners, they have to take more steps than you do because they're on the outside. So the idea is that you're, the changes in your body, the changes in your energy, that your horse is going to start following those changes. And it's all going to be done on a loose lead rope. Okay, so we have that smile in the lead rope. And the goal would be that you can, when you get this working, that you can take this into your riding. So when you're changing gait, when you ride, your body changes energy. So maybe your body's going to increase in energy if you're going, if you're doing an upwards transition or your body is going to relax if you want to slow down. And the idea is that when your body changes energy when you're riding, that your horse is going to immediately feel it. But then they will also change energy to match what you've just done. So you're going to get better transitions, better stops, smaller cues and better communication. And when you're doing this exercise on the ground or in the arena, you're going to do this in both directions. I was actually doing this a little while ago with Matilda, my mare, and we started off by walking the perimeter of the arena. So we had the perimeter fence line, we had Matilda, and then we had me. And I was walking shoulder to shoulder with her, and she actually got it really fast. So we would walk together on the straight lines, and then she would walk a little bit faster or even do a couple of steps of jog in the corners to keep up with me. And then once you're on a straight line again, she would slow down a little bit and we'd still be so shoulder to shoulder. And it actually worked out really well. And it's really fun because it really helps you to feel connected to your horse and for your horse to be connected to you. So what are the benefits, you might ask? The benefits are that the horse learns to stay with you. The horse also is going to get used to changing gait without any braces or tension and actually changing gait quite regularly because if you're in a rectangle there's a lot of corners <laughs> and they start coming up really regularly and the horse also learns to follow your, your speed so it's become it's going to become a little more like a dance now common mistakes things to avoid don't pull on the lead rope that kind of defeats the whole purpose of this operation and the horse trying to you know, the horse being able to follow your energy so don't pull on the lead rope if there is a spooky corner in your field, in your paddock, in your arena. Don't use it for this exercise because if your horse spooks in the spooky corner, they could push into you. So spooky corner training is a whole different exercise and it's not this one. So if you have a spooky corner, just don't go near it for this exercise. Only do this exercise where your horse is comfortable. So what you could do, if you have an arena and there's a spooky corner up at the top, don't go near that area, just use half the arena where your horse is comfortable. Now, finally, I want to say congratulations to some of our students. So first of all, I want to give a shout out to Kate Ecklenbracht. I'm so sorry if I've completely demolished your name there. So Kate said that I did my lesson one of dancing at of the Dancing at Liberty course. I do spend a lot of time hanging out with my mare while she's in her stall. But going out into the paddock was, was new to me. We're in the midst of heavy, snowy winter in Ontario, Canada. So it took a bit of trudging to, or trudging to get to the round bale where all the males were happily munching. 
my mare is a Belgian sol francais X cross even, so she loves her hay bale. I can never get her to leave the bale on her own. I stood for a few minutes and then I slowly walked around the bale. All the girls watched me very curiously. Then I stopped again, taking a look over at my girl for any issues. She's all blanketed up, so hard to see everything. But gradually, one by one, each of the mares were overcome with curiosity. One by one, they came up over, or they came over to me. I held out my hand. They each sniffed and bumped my hand. And the two mares started to smell my hair and also put their nose close to mine, blowing into my face. I wasn't sure what to do, so I just stood there. And then after everyone was done, finally my girl left her bale of hay and came over to see what all the commotion was about on her own. I didn't go and get her. It was amazing. She came and stretched her neck. I reached out and she put her nose right into my hand. I started scratching her face, which she absolutely loved. That is so good. Well done, Kate. That's amazing. Then another student I want to give a special shout out to who's been doing a ton of work with her horse is Melanie Isles. So Melanie has been very busy and she said, I loved the one mile challenge today. The more we walked, the more we felt like friends and partners. So congratulations. That's very good. The the 100 miles a month challenge. Very good for your horse. Also very good for you to get fit too. <laughs> so a little bonus. And then finally we have... Sandra Poitra, again, apologies for the name. So Sandra uh, has a horse called Winter. So she was working through our recent confidence workshop and she said, I was delighted by how well Winter did. He was curious, he sniffed and he even tried to bite the tire. <laughs> he licked and chewed and he did better walking together. He did everything I asked of him. He crossed the boards like a champion. It is I who needs more confidence in my horse as the phantom spooks that aren't there. Oh no, that I phantom spooks. Oh, she thinks it's phantom spooks, but there's actually not her horse is fine. Thinking he is going to spook, but he does just fine. I sure am learning a lot about my energy and how I bring it to new situations. I will get there. Thankful for this opportunity to learn and build a better horse and rider. Sandra, that's excellent. Well done. And well done to everybody. Keep up the good work. And if you'd like to be featured in this section of the podcast, or if you would just like to read some more inspiring stories from our students all around the world, literally from Canada and America to Europe and right down to Australia and New Zealand, all you need to do is to join our online community at www.starthorselistening.com. So I hope this was useful. If you would like to discover more about my work and my approach to horses, I am going to invite you to join me inside a free masterclass training that I'm holding. So if you want to learn how to improve your horse's confidence and connection and earn your horse's trust without feeling scared, without using gadgets or force. Now, even if your horse is new or they're anxious or maybe they're herd bound or they tend to spook sometimes on trail rides, you can grab a free ticket to this online training at www.masterclasswithelaine.com. I hope to see you there.